Well, hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman alongside Joel Johnson, certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. Joel has been published in Forbes and the Wall Street Journal, and he hosts Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sundland in Hartford, and then Saturday at 7 a.m. in Boston on WCBV. He's written six of his own books, including most famously The Money Map, and here to share his wisdom with us today. And Joel, wanted to kick off today's show with something a little bit differently than what we normally do. We don't usually play a lot of clips from the news or other interviews on this program, but we have one today that I thought was particularly good. So uh, let's tell everybody who our special guest is coming up. Well, sure. I think this is going to be incredibly insightful with what's going on with politics right now and the ramifications it should have for anybody that is either getting ready to retire or is already retired. A gentleman named Andy Friedman. He's the Wall Street tax expert for CNBC. He runs uh, the Washington Update. I actually saw him speak at a conference about a year and a half ago. Uh, his predictions for the coming year at that time were just incredibly accurate. And so I want to play this interview of Andy talking about a number of different things. And here you'll hear him interviewed by my good friend, Megan Mozak. He's going to be talking about what's going on this year in Washington, what we can expect coming down the pike, what we can expect from a financial standpoint, what direction the winds are going to blow from a political standpoint, uh, how it could affect the financial services industry, which I am in and, of course, many of our listeners work in. And uh, he's just got a keen, keen understanding, being a Washington insider himself, on what's happening, but he's very politically balanced. So let's run this interview from Andy Friedman. I know you'll enjoy it. It'll give you some interesting insight on what's going to happen down in Washington, D.C. over the next six to 12 months. So again, Megan Mozak with Andy Friedman. Andy, as we start this new year, we're seeing a divided government. This is really a situation where it's the first time in a number of years that that's happened. What do you think that means, though, for what takes place in Congress this year, the congressional action we can expect? Well, I think as far as passing laws, Megan, I think that uh, is going to just not happen. Uh, There's uh, just not agreement between the two parties about the way the country should go. Uh, So I think, you know, we're not going to see any new tax law changes. We're not going to see any major uh, appropriation or fiscal changes. You know, I think it's pretty much business as usual on the Hill or for the markets. We're not going to see a, a lot going on. So I think it's just going to be a lot less or a lot more quiet uh, than it has been in the last few years as far as legislation being passed. Andy, now you've told us what won't happen. What do you think will happen, though? What's the biggest consequence of the Democrats taking control of the House? Well, I think the biggest uh, consequence is that the Democrats are going to hold a series of what we call oversight hearings, which really look into administrative policies, what the administration has been doing. And those can become quite contentious. The House committees now have subpoena power, which means they can force anybody in the administration to come forth and testify. And they have to testify under oath. So, of course, they have to be truthful. They can demand any records or documents from the administration. And that has a real tendency not only to reveal questionable acts, perhaps, uh, but just to bog down an administration. Because instead of getting their initiatives done, 
they're preparing for testimony and they're ferreting out documents that are being requested. And maybe they're filing court cases uh, based on executive privilege as they don't want to turn things over. And that's going to really take a lot of time. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, substantively that they can look at. We can talk about those perhaps uh, when we get to uh, what kind of hearings we might have. And of course, there's a lot of uh, questions they may ask of the president, uh, or at least about the president. He himself won't be called to testify. They're waiting for the Mueller report uh, on about uh, whether there has been any malfeasance. Of course, we don't know that there has. Uh, but I think that'll be part of their hearings. Uh, and I think it'll be quite contentious and it will take a lot of Congress's time. It doesn't sound that you feel that Congress will be all that productive in what we typically expect Congress to do on our dime. I think that's fair. I think uh, this is a year, you know, you will you elect a uh, Congress that's split. Uh, you can't expect a lot to get done. And, uh, you know, that's one of the quixotic things that happens in elections, you know, especially in midterms, people, uh, some people are upset with the administration. This is true whether you have a Democrat or a Republican administration. They tend to vote the other way. Next thing you know, and this happened in the Obama situation, you end up with a split government and then you don't get anything done. And that's where, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've had your hand, your finger on the pulse of Washington politics for decades now. Is this when the American public starts to become, oh, I don't know, more distrusting of the men and women who are serving them in Congress? You know, that's a good question. Uh, you know, some people are uh, distrusting or frustrated with the fact Congress can't get things done. really bothers them, and I don't blame them. You know, others are so upset with what Congress was doing, uh, maybe they're not so upset. So uh, if you are a, uh, you know, a Democrat in this case, uh, you may have not been happy with what the Republicans are doing. You may be happy with a split Congress. And that was true during the Obama years where the Republicans weren't happy with uh, what the president is doing. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are frustrated. They wish Congress would do something. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, maybe it would be better if they didn't, uh, because I don't like the way that they're uh, handling things. This, though, at the end of the day, Andy, this is our system, right? It's our system at work. Yeah, or not work, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's the way it works. You know, the, uh, the framers gave us divided government. Uh, they gave us a divided Congress. They gave us an executive that's not beholden to Congress, unlike in Europe. So, you know, this is what they intended. They wanted checks and balances, and boy, they've gotten them. They certainly do. And dovetailing off those checks and balances, perhaps the gridlock that we're seeing, we will see, the hearings that we anticipate, amongst all of that, the contention, what's the positive that comes out of this? Well, uh, you know, there's going to be hearings, as I mentioned, and they're going to be, I think, a lot of them tied to particular industries. Uh, Maxine Waters uh, is now running the financial services industry uh, a committee, I'm sorry, in the House. Uh, she's going to subject a lot of the banks to scrutiny. She's not necessarily a fan of the financial services industry. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of banks called in, their CEOs, and, you know, maybe maybe you reveal some bad acts. Uh, maybe you even see acts that are prevalent through the industry. I'm not saying there are. We don't know. We're going to see the same thing on the technology front. The Democrats are concerned about privacy, about data protection, about security. They're going to call the heads of the large tech companies in and then grill them on that. So you ask what can happen. Well, you're not going to see any legislation. We just talked about that. 
But if these hearings start revealing bad acts or bad actors, uh, then you're going to see perhaps regulatory sanctions on them, uh, fines. You may see them change, have to uh, let their CEOs or presidents go. So I think that the hearings can have an effect. Uh, there won't be new legislation, but uh, if they reveal something, and I'm not saying they would, but if they do, yeah, there'll be consequences for those companies. And if they're wide enough, there'll be consequences for the sector. And if we can carry it forward to, I'm suspecting what our, our listeners care about, that can affect stock values uh, very much. And you're seeing some of that uh, even now before the hearings begin. We're speaking today with well-known expert on Washington politics, Andy Friedman. You can find out more at his website, thewashingtonupdate.com, talking about these hearings that we anticipate, our eye on the tech industry, on banking. Historically, Andy, how do the markets respond when we have this type of environment in Washington? Well, I think uh, the markets really are volatile. You know, they uh, they know that these hearings can reveal something. They're kind of uh, holding their breath to see whether something comes out of them. Uh, and I think that, that uh, the markets can react, uh, you know, either way, depending on what comes out. It could be a sigh of relief and help for these uh, sectors. It can be concern about these sectors. And, you know, if I look ahead to, to what I see in the markets, uh, it would be that volatility. You know, we haven't even talked about, uh, along the same lines, about the situation with the president imposing tariffs, which are very unpopular with the markets, at least. Uh, They don't like protectionism. And on the other hand, the president is moving toward trying to get treaties, new trade treaties with China. Those are very popular with the uh, markets. And so we're kind of vacillating between concern about tariffs and then, you know, happiness about possible treaties. You've been seeing that over the past couple of weeks. Uh, So, you know, again, more volatility, depending on what exactly is going to come out of Washington. The end of these stories haven't been written. Well, there we go. A lot of uh, clarity there from Mr. Friedman. I thought it was a very interesting interview that I knew that you would want to hear. What I always like to bring it back to is how does this affect your retirement, whether you're already retired or whether you're preparing to retire? You deserve a great retirement. Uh, even if you don't plan to retire, but you want flexibility because you've saved enough to be able to walk away if you if you feel like it, um, you have a certain nest egg you've saved that needs to serve you for the rest of your life to take care of all those contingencies. And it's uncertainty in the U.S., it's uncertainty in our government that can really cause havoc to a retirement plan. Even if the markets don't go down or something doesn't go right, it's just the worry that some of our clients have that that you know, something's going to happen down in Washington, D.C. and and hurt the retirement plan. That's what we want to remove. Uh, We want to take away some of the worry you have about your financial future. So you've heard me talk about the money map. We want each and every one of you to get our money map. It's a customized one-page plan. It'll show you exactly where all your money is, which you probably know, but it's really nice to have it on one page, very visual, very colorful. We'll give you our recommendations on what we think you could improve. Obviously, there's no obligation at all. And what comes with that money map retirement plan is a stress test on your portfolio. Again, we're experiencing volatility in the market. You want to make sure you're not taking more risk than you should and that you're comfortable with. And also a retirement income plan. We call it the money map. Call to get yours. The way it works is you give us a call. You'll hear a little recording of my voice. You'll leave your name and your number, and we'll call you back and set up a time to get together with you to produce your customized money map. Call 
1-800-705-1232. Once again, that's 1-800-705-1232. It's totally complimentary. There's no pressure, but you will love seeing your entire financial life on one page along with our recommendations. So again, 800-705-1232 if you'd like to get that Money Map Retirement Review for yourself. Call or text, whichever is easier for you. Just be sure to include your first and last name. Whether you're leaving a message or texting, give us that name so we know who we're talking to, and then we'll reach back out and get you a time to come in for your Money Map Retirement Review. Again, 800-705-1232. When you come in for a visit, you can pick one of Joel's books, whether it's The Wealthy Think Differently or the money map or forced to retire, whichever you think is best for you, you can take that book with you and it's yours when you come in for your money map retirement review, 800-705-1232. Again, you're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. Joel, wanted to talk a little bit about some of the common complaints we hear from people about their current financial situation or maybe about dealing with their advisor. Just some of the common complaints we hear when people maybe come in to visit with you at Johnson Brunetti for the first time. So one thing we hear sometimes is, my advisor takes too much risk. Is that usually a legitimate complaint or is that sometimes somebody focusing on the wrong thing? Well, sometimes it's the client focusing on the wrong thing. Other times, it's just clearly a miscommunication and a misunderstanding between the client and the existing advisor. I mean, the question to ask is, is this just because your advisor isn't taking your needs and goals into consideration? Are they not listening or do they not understand what you're telling them if you feel like they're taking too much risk? You know, do you have a long timeline until retirement that makes the higher risk more acceptable? Again, if you have a long time to retirement, 10 or 15 years, it's okay to be exposed to a growth style portfolio, but not to the degree that it's making you nervous and bothering you. And again, it might be a communication issue. On the other hand, they might be actually taking too much risk with your portfolio, more than you're comfortable with or more than is appropriate. We see this a lot where you have a younger advisor and an older client. Um, the younger advisor may not have much money themselves. So they don't know what it feels like to have a market go down and lose tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, they also don't know uh, what it feels like to be getting close to your earning years being over and needing that retirement nest egg that you've saved to produce income for the rest of your life. So if your goals aren't being addressed appropriately, that's a problem. Uh, if you just haven't had a conversation about why you're invested the way you are, I would ask the question, why haven't you had that conversation? Do you really have an advisory relationship? So many times, and as we go through some of these questions and, and complaints that we get from clients, the bottom line is the problem isn't always the question that's being asked. It's behind that. So here we have an example of my advisor takes too much risk. Maybe the real problem is the advisor isn't listening or doesn't understand money or what it feels like to lose money like you have because you have much more money than the advisor. What about, Joel, when the complaint is, my fees are too high, and you look at the portfolio? Is it usually the fees are too high, or is it really an underlying complaint about something else? Yeah, 
usually when we look at a portfolio, if the fees are too high, the client actually doesn't see the fees because it's in some type of a product like perhaps a variable annuity where the fees are all sort of hidden or baked into the product. So you might have 3 or 4% annual fees going on inside a variable annuity. You don't know they're there. So most of the time when somebody says the fees are too high, they're seeing a management fee come off of a portfolio that's being professionally managed. And the real question is are you getting the service you should be getting for the fees that you're paying? So it's it's really a matter of value. Are you getting value from the fees that you're paying? Now, some firms like ours, we charge a management fee. We're a fee-based firm. And so we charge a fee to do financial planning and to manage your money and to be there when you need um, an attorney or elder care or advice on you know, anything from purchasing a car to it might be a number of different issues. So we charge that management fee, but we provide a ton of other services without charging because that management fee we feel makes up for a lot of the other advice that we give. And we don't want to charge a la carte for different advice. So a lot of times it's understanding the fees that you're paying. If you're just paying investment management fees and you're not getting true financial planning type advice, then you might want to focus on the fees. But you've got to really understand the context of that. Very often we see people in accounts with relatively low fees, but they're getting no service at all. Um, and when do you get hurt there? You get hurt when the markets go down. So other times people think they're paying very low fees and they're really not. And so before assessing the fees, it's really important to understand both what you're actually paying and what you're getting in return. I always uh, talk to people at the educational workshops we do, and I'll ask the question, how many of you think fees are the most important thing, that, that, that cheapest is always best? And almost nobody raises their hands, even though some people are saying, well, yeah, isn't cheapest always best? And I'll say, raise your hand if you got here on a bicycle tonight. Nobody raises their hand. Some of them chuckle. I said, some of you drove a Mercedes here tonight. The Mercedes is more expensive than the bicycle. Both will get you to this educational workshop. Why did you buy the Mercedes? And people will say, well, I get much more value when I purchase the Mercedes. That's the point of financial management fees. You want to make sure you're getting value for the fees that you're paying. Very well said. I think there's a, a huge difference between value and cost. And a lot of people don't necessarily make that distinction as often as they should. We're talking about common complaints that we hear people voicing about their portfolio, about their advisor, about their financial situation in general. Joel, sometimes we hear this, well, my account didn't grow much last year. How often is that a legitimate complaint? And how often is that? Well, maybe that's what you actually needed. Well, the real question is, when do you need the money? I mean, that's, that's, you know, if your account didn't grow much and that's because you need the money maybe a year from now or 18 months from now, growth shouldn't be your main goal for that part of the money that you need a year from now, 18 months from now. It's a, you know, as some of you know, I had a son that was recently married and they're getting ready to move. He's in officer, infantry officer school, excuse me, he's in infantry officer school in the Marine Corps down in Quantico and they're going to move in the next couple of months. And he called me and he said, well, dad, you know, I've got this extra money. Should I invest this money? You know, maybe I can make it grow by the time we need a down payment on a house when we move out to either San Diego or North Carolina. I said, no, Michael, you don't want to invest that money because you just said you're going to need it in a short period of time. You don't want to take the risk. Sure, you might hit a home run and grow the money by 20 or 30%, but you might also lose 20 or 30%. So before you think about the fact that your account didn't grow much last year, make sure it's long-term money. If it's long-term money, 5, 10, 15 years, then it should have grown. But if it's money that you plan to use in the next, let's say, 
12 to 18 months, that money should probably be in a safe account. It's just going to earn a little bit of interest, maybe not grow that much. So again, my account didn't grow much last year. It's a matter of what is the money for? Well, also, what if the market was down last year and you had a slight uptick in your portfolio? Then your advisor is a genius, right? Genius or lucky. But yeah, <laughs> if the market was down last year and, and you made a little bit of money and you had market exposure, that's pretty good. That means you hung on to your money in a down year and you get a fresh start with all of your money instead of getting a fresh start with 75% of your money because you lost a bunch in a down year. Always important to understand context there. All right. One other complaint we hear from people is, I only hear from my advisor when he wants me to buy or sell a stock. I never get any advice on anything else. Or in other words, my advisor behaves like a stockbroker in the 1980s. Uh, You probably have a stockbroker or you have somebody that was a stockbroker and is trying to make a transition to advisor and still is acting like a stockbroker. Um, you know, if an advisor only calls you when they want to make a change in your portfolio, if it's not for a review of your financial plan, if it's not for a checkup to see if anything's changed in your life, they're probably not acting like an advisor. Um, they're just a broker. There's a huge difference. Um, a true financial advisor will build a plan before making sure the investments serve that plan. Somebody that's acting like a stockbroker will always be talking about the investments. You know, we can do better than the guy up the street, they'll say. Um, We've got a better system. We've got this proprietary system of picking funds and stocks and yada, 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 yada. That person's focusing on the investments. They're not focusing on the financial plan. It would be like going to build a house and before you even have the blueprints for a house, having a debate about which brand of hammer that the carpenter is going to use. The hammer is not important. It's just a tool. It's the plan to build a house that starts everything off. And it's the same thing with your investments. There should be a plan for the financial piece of your life. There should be a long-term financial plan. And then the investments are the tools to help you get there. And so it's important that you understand, number one, do you have an advisor or do you have a broker? If you don't know what the end looks like. You know, Stephen Covey had that uh, saying, begin with the end in mind. If you don't know what the end goal is supposed to be, then these discussions about which stock or which fund is better or what fees you're paying, you know, more power to you. That doesn't really mean anything. What really means something is what are your goals? What are your dreams? What is the best way we can get you there? What has the highest probability of getting you there? And that's the key. That's what a good financial advisor is going to do for you. They're not perfect. Nobody out there is perfect. But you want to make sure they're on your side and the way they're compensated is based on you winning. If you win, they win. And that's how it should be. We've had a great discussion on a number of different topics today. I want to give you the chance to get our Money Map Retirement Plan. Once again, the Money Map Retirement Plan is a way for you to see your entire financial life on one page. And what we will do for you is create our recommendations based on your situation after a discussion with you about your goals, like I talked about a little while ago. It's got to start with your goals, with your dreams. If you are married, many times you have disagreements about money. They might be harsh disagreements. They might be subtle disagreements. But we want to walk through those so we have goals set up that are conducive to good harmony in the home. If you're not married, that's okay. We'll walk through the goals also. And then we back into that financial plan. We'll also do a stress test on your portfolio. And we will do an income plan, a retirement income plan that shows you if you're going to have enough to last for the rest of your life and what rate of return you need 
to be okay to hit all those goals. What people like about this is it's simple. It's not complicated. It's not a 120-page plan in a binder. Anybody can understand this. Whether you're real technical, we'll give you all the backup. But if you like things simple and short, we'll give you that too. But what it will do is give you either, number one, a second opinion, even if you don't ever plan to use us as your financial advisors, or on the other hand, it will give you an idea of if you are working with us, what the relationship would look like. Bottom line, no obligation. So call now, get your customized money map. You're going to leave a message on the phone when you call, leave your name and your number, and we'll get back to you and set up a time for you to get your money map, your financial plan. 1-800-705-1232. Again, that's 1-800-705-1232. Call or text, whichever you prefer. And remember, you will get a copy of one of Joel's books. You can pick out whichever one you want when you come in for your Money Map Retirement Review. But call or text. Get that process started. Be sure to include your first and last name when you reach out. 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. For Joel Johnson and everybody at Johnson Brunetti, I'm John Stillman. And we'll talk with you next week right here, same time, same place on Johnson Bernetti's Money Wisdom. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents in all appropriate jurisdictions.